This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? Welcome to another episode of Dodgers Dugout Live Afternoon Edition. My name is Doug McCain, credential member of Dodger Media. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And we've got a jam-packed show for you. We're talking about the Clayton Kershaw signing, what it means for this rotation. What will this rotation look like at the end of the season heading into October? Also, some injury news about Shohei Otani. Will he be ready to go for Seoul, Korea? Where will he bat in the Dodgers lineup? All that more here on a jam-packed episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. And welcome into the show. And as always, you guys know I'm looking for those comments of the show. Anytime I get one of those, you're going to see one of these. Also looking for you fire takes. You guys bring those in fuego. Fire takes all show long. Anytime I see one of those, you're going to see one of these. There you go. Fire, fire take. Here we go. And... Also, let us know down below in the comment section where you represent Dodgers Nation from. Drop those cities down below. And another reminder that if you have not yet, we just passed 81,000 subscribers. So if you want to join 81,000 Dodgers fans, be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. And if you really want to support the channel, do me a huge favor and hit that like button. And just so you know, we're going to be announcing our next giveaway pretty soon here. And to be eligible for all of our giveaways all you need to do is subscribe and comment done down below. That is it. We just gave away a brand new authentic Shohei Otani number 17 jersey, the one that we saw him wearing at Dodgers Fest when that guy was like Elvis, a superstar. Dodgers fans going crazy. If you want that same jersey, if you want giveaways like that, make sure you are subscribed to the channel. But uh, let's settle in here. We got Covina, the 210 or the 10 freeway. We got Oscar Rodriguez done. Terry Jones pushing for Kike Hernandez says keep Kike Dodgers Nation in North Carolina. That's from Darren Grimm over there. I got jams. When does DMAC throw out the first pitch? Hey, I just did an interview with Fred Clare. We talked about the great Hideo Nomo, how he opened so many doors for Japanese players. You've had 67 Japanese players in Major League Baseball, and without Hideo Nomo, there's no Shohei Otani. How about Hideo Nomo throws out that first pitch, right? Hey, but if he can, I'm happy to do it. I'll do my best tornado impression. That's from I Got Jams over on YouTube. We got Paul Rubio Jr., from Imperial, California, about Francisco Diaz. What's up, DMAC from Dodger Stadium South? All is right in the world. Clayton Goatshaw is back in Dodger Blue. That is a fire take. That's not a finish him. It's a fire take. Absolutely. All is right in Dodger land. Clayton Kershaw and Shohei Otani are officially teammates at this point. Of course, the team hasn't announced it. We're still waiting on some details about the contract, but I have some more thoughts on bringing back Clayton Kershaw and the contract that he's ultimately going to sign. Now, if you remember when Clayton Kershaw became the first 200 plus million dollar pitcher in Major League Baseball history, signing $215 million contract, one thing he said was he wanted to make sure he lives up to the contract. Right. So that tells me that you're probably going to see him get more money in year one than in year two, because we know he has that player option. Now, I don't want to hate to break this to you, but there is a world where Clayton Kershaw does not return 
And hopefully that is after a World Series win. I think if the Dodgers go on to win a World Series, he contributes. Maybe he rides off into the sunset. But I think that it's more likely that Kirsch gets those 56 strikeouts that he needs, becomes the 20th pitcher in Major League history to eclipse that 3,000 strikeout plateau, reach that milestone. He becomes just the fourth left-handed pitcher in baseball history to reach 3,000 strikeouts. The other three at the moment, you got Steve Carlton, you got Randy Johnson, the big unit. You also have CC Sabathia. So I think he wants to make a run at 3,000. And I also think that the all-time wins list is not totally outside the realm of possibility. Now, for him to do that, you're probably going to need 50... It's, it's You need probably 50 starts, something like that, right? I mean, for him to get close to that, I doubt you're going to see that. I mean, at the very earliest, he's going to be back on the mound for the Dodgers by the end of July. Most likely, it's going to be further than that, probably sometime in August if everything goes right. But I also will say, let's just take it one month at a time. Let's take it one rehab session at a time. I think that's the most important thing is that you still have to go through the process of rehab. And this is Clayton Kershaw, a man who has a ton of mileage on that arm, and he's never experienced a rehab process like this. He's never had a serious arm injury where he had to go out there and get surgery, right? We've dealt with back injuries in the past, and there's been fatigue issues, but this is a new experience. These are uncharted waters. But one thing that I could not be happier about is we don't have to hear anything ever again about the Texas Rangers, okay? He's never going to go to the Texas Rangers. We've heard that rumor for so many years. Oh, Clayton Kershaw to the Texas Rangers because he grew up in Dallas and he's the hometown kid. He wants to go to take his kids to school and go pitch and then pick them up from school and that he wants to be a Texas Ranger. Now we never have to fear that again. Certain players are meant to wear one uniform for their entire career. Clayton Kershaw certainly is that player. And I think that this solidifies that he is going to end his career in Dodger blue and that he's already established himself as an iconic Dodger, a Mount Rushmore Dodger, one of the best players that's ever put on Dodger blue, but it just would not have sat right if he ended his career with the Texas Rangers. Like I said, I don't want to see random legends on random teams at the end of their career. He's not going to be a Manny Ramirez on the Tampa Bay Rays. He's not going to be a Randy Johnson on the Giants. He's not going to be a Frank Thomas, Mike Piazza, Nomar Garcia Parra on the Oakland A's, a Hakeem Olajuwon in Toronto, right? We're not going to see that for for our great Clayton Kershaw. He's going to go down history as the Ted Williams types, right? The Or the Stan Musial types, guys that... Stay with one team their entire career. Cal Ripken Jr., Kobe Bryant, Magic Johnson. I think that that's important to his legacy because let's not forget that, in my opinion, no Clayton Kershaw, I don't think the Dodgers have Shohei Otani. And the reason I say that is one of the big reasons why Shohei Otani signed with the Dodgers is because, one, they're very competitive. They want to win the World Series as badly as any organization in the sport. And... Also, the stability, the sustained winning. And Kirsch, he laid the foundation. He got this Dodgers team where they are, they where they're at, and for a lot of different reasons. So without Kirsch, I don't think Shohei Otani is a Dodger, but guess what? They are going to be on the same team. And everyone wanted to, everyone wanted to know what I would do if Clayton Kershaw didn't resign with the Dodgers. Well, I guess we'll never know. And I think the big thing now is just going through that rehab process. And I'm not gonna lie. There is the pessimist in me that still wonders if he does make it back just because we know that rehab can always be a tricky process. But here's why you should feel good, Dodgers fans, about having Clayton Kershaw back. As we dove into the numbers yesterday and we showed you that this is someone who, before he went down with the injury, was still pitching at a top 10 to 20 level. And that when he's healthy, he can still be as effective as a most pitchers, most aces in this league. You still have that in Clayton Kershaw. And I don't think that they let him back on that mound unless they felt he was going to be effective, unless he had regained the feel for that slider and that curveball and the fastball velocity is sitting around 90 miles per hour. So you don't have to worry. If he's on the mound, you have to trust that he's going to be healthy and that he's going to be effective. And I do believe it just feels like somehow, some way, Clayton Kershaw is going to end his career with the Dodgers and have some sort of 
prominent role, right? Just because injuries happen and you don't know how guys are going to be pitching closer to October. And if he's got a lot left in the tank, he's got a lot of bullets left there in the chamber. Could we see a Clayton Kershaw like we saw in the 2020 World Series? A guy that had enough down the stretch to be effective. Now, Kobe Bryant, of course, is getting his statue unveiled. Of course, the late, great Kobe Bryant on February 8th, a little later this week. And got me thinking, what is the pose of Clayton Kershaw's statue? Are you going to get the hands up, fist up in the air like we saw after the no-hitter? Are you going to get... The classic delivery with the left leg way up there and you got the glove up. Or are you going to get the Clayton Kershaw where he's staring down at the hitter? Are we going to get the Clayton Kershaw that is mid-delivery? Kind of makes you wonder, are you going to get the World Series Clayton Kershaw where he's running out there and he's got his hoodies on and he's looking at the sky? I think you're probably going to see just a classic delivery version of Kersh. Be cool to see him with that 2014 no-hitter against the Rockies version. But what do you want to see as Clayton Kershaw's statue? Let me know down below in the comment section. But I'm happy that he's back with the Dodgers. I think you're going to look at this and say, okay, he has a player option for next season. We could see him in 2025. He's going to finish as the Dodgers' all-time leader in strikeouts already is. But with 3,000, that probably makes that untouchable. And then you look at the wins. Can he get close to Don Sutton? But let's go down below in the comment section. What is your reaction to Clayton Kershaw re-signing with the Dodgers? Me personally, I think it's a no-brainer for several different reasons. But most importantly, he can still help this team win. If he's healthy, he can still help this team win. And that's what matters most. And I think if you look at this rotation and you got Yamamoto, you got Glassdown and Bueller, and you have Bobby Miller... If you have all these guys healthy heading into the postseason, I think that you're going to go with the veterans. You're going to go with guys that you can trust. And then these young guys, the Emmett Sheehan's, maybe you see in a piggyback start with Clayton Kershaw. He's someone that has an explosive four-seam fastball. He's got electric stuff. He got experience last season. He was flirting with a no-no in his first game in the show. He pitched relatively well coming in for Clayton Kershaw there in the NLDS where he struggled. So I could not be happier. The haters can hate. They can say whatever they want about Kirsch, but once a Dodger, always a Dodger. And this was someone that needed, absolutely needed to end his career in LA. But let's go down below in the comment section. I feel like Kirsch is going to have a role in the postseason. I don't foresee him coming back just to be some dugout guy. The mic volume is really low, apparently. So we're going to have to raise that. I think it's pretty low. I can hear it too. There we go. Classic delivery statues from Juan Navarrete over on YouTube. Tayo Sarami, we are complete. Let's get it started. Number 22 will be well-rested for October. That's from Tayo. That's a fire take. You need a fire take over there. Mike is also, we got the mic. Let me know down below in the comment section how that volume. Volume is fine. Okay, that's from Ryan M. Awesome. Classic delivery statue. Val Reyes. I don't need the haters out there saying you want the in the dugout where he's sad. Uh, curse. Okay, come on now. This, this is a pretty, I think this is more for a, mur a mural than a statue, Ivy Stroke. And Ivy Stroke says, Kershaw holding an L on one shoulder and A on the other for putting the city on his back. Hashtag statue status. Love the idea. I think it's more of a mural, though, than a statue. It's going to be next to Sandy Koufax and Jackie Robinson. Remember when Kershaw pitched to Otani? He was good. That's from Jesse. Yeah, I posted that on my Twitter, DMAC underscore LA, yesterday. That was an awesome moment. That's the only moment that I'm going to remember from the All-Star game is Shohei Otani. He talked to Ken Rosenthal before his first at-bat. He said he was going to swing, and he ends up getting a single, single to center, a little broken bat action, and then Kirsch, he picks him off. So first of all, Kirsch, you're going to first in an All-Star game? Who does that? Obviously, he does. So that was a great moment. You saw the smiles exchanged. Otani looked like, he was embracing the moment there. Now those guys are on the same team wearing Dodger blue. So, yeah, I'm all for it. Kirsch back in Dodger blue. Like I said, still going to be really good. It's just a matter of optimizing him. It's a matter of putting him in a position to have success. I don't want to see Clayton Kershaw coming out of the bullpen. He is not a reliever. He does not have reliever stuff. Like I said, he's a happily married man. 
but he also has a slide piece. When he has the feel for that slider, it's still one of the most effective sliders in the sport, just about having the command with the fastball to set it up and using that curveball occasionally, public enemy number one, to keep hitters off balance. So I think it's a great day. It's great to be a Dodger fan every day, but to have Kirsch back, this just would not feel right, okay? This just would not feel right to go into this journey to start this quest with Shohei Otani without Clayton Kershaw, okay? I know that this is not 2013 Clayton Kershaw. This is not three-time Cy Young Award winner Clayton Kershaw at this point, but to me, it felt like a little like Toy Story where we were treating him like Woody, right? And on the bottom of his Skechers cleats, it said Andy for Andrew Friedman, and Andrew Friedman couldn't let Kershaw go, right? It had to have him back. Had to have him back in Dodger Blue. Because you're all excited. Buzz Lightyear. Otani's the Buzz Lightyear. We're so excited, right? He's the bright, shiny new toy. He's the unicorn. We love it. But let's not forget that Kirsch played a big role in laying the foundation, being a pillar for this franchise. I personally, in my heart of hearts, don't think that the Dodgers have Otani without Clayton Kershaw. But let's read some more comments and... Let me know down below in the comment section, do you feel like he's going to have a role in the postseason? Because I'll give you dream scenario. Dream scenario for me is game four, Dodgers Trastros in Houston, Dodgers up nine to nothing, and Kershaw comes out and gets the final out of that World Series. The same mound where he was dealing in 2017, where in 47 breaking pitches and the Astros weren't offering at any of them because they were stealing signs. They were speeding on all those breaking balls. The chance of that happening were zero. That was only way that would happen is if you're cheating to have that, that same moment where you're winning a world series on that same mound. It would be absolutely electric. We got Christian Gomez. Let King curse retire after this season. Christian, I think it comes down to a couple of factors. One, does he get to 3000 strikeouts? Because 56 strikeouts, you're going to need more than 10 starts probably at this stage of his career, right? I mean, depending on how they're going to ease him back there, I think you're going to have to have him come back for 2025. And here's the other thing, too. If he comes back for 2025, who knows? Does he stay for the entire season? I'm sure he would if he would commit to it, but I think for him, it'd be let's come back after hopefully winning the World Series, and then you could be a part of that ring ceremony, okay? Do you really want to have win a ring in 2024 and then be a part of that ring ceremony just wearing his Skechers gear, right? I want to see him in a Dodgers uniform, get that ring the right way, get the 3,000 strikeouts the right way, and then just walk into the Hall of Fame as a first ballot Hall of Famer. That would be the dream scenario. Clayton Kershaw getting that final out of the 2024 World Series in Houston, Game 4, Dodgers up nine to nothing. I'm LeVar balling it. I'm speaking it into existence, folks. But we got Coda. I read he's going to start pitching rehab this season. We got Christian. Let King Kirsch continue to pitch. Doug Slade, no pitcher has ever won a game in their career. Stop the hate. We got uh, Kershaw. Okay, I see what you're saying. No pitcher has won every game of their career. Stop the hate. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, look, here's the thing about Kirsch. I mean, Kirsch is someone that... Even when he won his two, first of all, I'm not a big wins and losses guy. Henry Chadwick, one of the uh, godfathers of baseball, came up with the wins and loss stat when pitchers didn't come out of games. Pitchers pitched the entire nine innings of games, and if they didn't, they had to go play a position on the field. And, you know, maybe I'll spend a whole entire segment on my hatred for the win-loss stat, but you know who doesn't hate it? Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw actually was open about the win-loss stat and how much it meant to him to get that last season. So it's going to be, that's special for some guys because it is a team award, right? It is a team award for to get those wins and to get that 200th win. He did it without having lost 100. So, yeah, I mean, he's someone that's had a ton of success throughout his career. And you know what? Before we change segments, we're going to do our new segment here, the seventh inning stretch. We're going to give you a top seven list every single show. And let me know down below in the comment section, what is your favorite moment for Clay and Kershaw? Your top moment for Clay and Kershaw. And for me, number seven, number seven, I'm going Kershaw's 11 strikeout game in game one of the World Series in 2017 against the Astros. It was the most 
by a Dodgers starter since Sandy Koufax in 1965. It was the first time you had 11 strikeouts and no walks in a game in the World Series since Don Newcomb did it in the 50s for the Dodgers. It was a great performance. He gave that one home run, but he was outstanding. And had he won game four and pitched to Jim, I think there's a universe where Clayton Kershaw has already won a World Series MVP and the narrative of him being quote-unquote chokeshaw, like the haters like to say, would not even exist. So that's coming at number seven. Number five, I mean, number six for me is spring training, March 2008. Kersh hadn't even made his major league debut. He was not even 20 years old. And you know what he did that day? He caught the eye of Vince Scully. He impressed the GOAT, Vince Scully, and he strikes out Sean Casey, and that is when Vince Scully called the curveball, which he struck out Sean Casey with, public enemy number one. And then how about next, Nationals, game five. Kirsch had just started game four, and he comes in, he gets that final out, sends the Dodgers to the NLCS, and it was his first and only career save. And what a moment that was. He gets Daniel Murphy to pop to second, struck out Wilmer Defoe. What a moment that was to see Kershaw go out there and accomplish that. Never forget it. Then how about coming in at number four? We got, oh, number four. I, this is when I was at this game. I was at this game. 2013, opening day at Dodger Stadium. Kirsch pitched a gem. Eight scoreless innings, had seven strikeouts, three hits, no walks up until that point. And unfortunately, the Dodgers offense was not doing anything. They hadn't put a run across. And you know what Kerr said? He said, you know what? Screw it. Give me the bat. I'm going to do this myself. He goes up there, hits a home run off George Contos, and that ends up being his only home run of his career. Him hitting that home run. He was basically Shohei Otani that day, right? Hitting a home run and also pitching a gem. What a day at Dodgers Stadium. Then how about number three, Kershaw in the World Series. World Series Kershaw in 2020. I think it was a lot of redemption there. He was healthy, posted 293 ERA. He won four of those. He he won that whole entire postseason run. He was just outstanding. And in the World Series, he was really good as well. 11 and two-thirds innings really looked like he was in command. He had enough left in the tank. I'll never forget when he throws out Manuel Margot at the plate. Number two, number two is the no-hitter. Number two is the no-hitter. And that, to me, was one of, if not the best games I've ever seen pitched. Uh, you look at that game, it really, I always call that the perfect no-hitter. It was the perfect no-hitter because, yes, it doesn't go as a perfect game, which it should have if it weren't for Hanley Ramirez, but still, that's a game where he gave up no hits, no walks, had 15 strikeouts, and threw only 107 pitches, okay? Only 107 pitches, 15 punches, no walks, no hits, and... He was great. I mean, a 102 game score. That's the third highest game score for a nine-inning game that's not a perfect game, right? So, Kerry Wood also had a better game score, too, right? 105 for that 20-strikeout game. So, for me, the no-hitter was outstanding. Shout-out to Miguel Rojas for saving that play, throwing a guy out with his cleats on the grass playing third. But Hanley Ramirez, never forgive you for that. Costing Clayton Kershaw a perfect game. Kershaw should have a perfect game in his career. And the number one... This is really my number one because I think this would be Kirsch's number one, and that's winning the World Series in 2020. Running out of that bullpen, you saw just him free for the first time. It was all the stress and all the pressure of postseasons in the past. I think you saw that dissipate in that moment when he's just running towards the mound, just as happy as can be. And it looked like more of a relief than joy, but it was great to see him win that. But Clayton Kershaw... A legendary career, first Bow Hall of Fame. But let me know down below in the comment section what was your number one, what was your number one moment for Clay and Kershaw? We got a one hundred dollars super chat from Wacom Sticks. I love it. 
Whack'em sticks. Hey, those are fire right there. $100 super chat. My man, appreciate you on that one. That is what I'm talking about. 100 But That's how we afford this new studio. That's how we're paying for Otani's contract. Hope not most of this 100 is deferred money, but thank you so much. And his comment is, you're the absolute best, D-Mac. Super stoked about the upcoming season. Rotation definitely has some questions, but has the chance to be an all-time group if the chips fall the right way. Keep up the strong work. Whack'em, whack'em sticks, first of all, could not agree with you more. That one, I'm as stoked for this season, not only more than any other Dodgers season, but earlier than any other Dodgers season. Usually I'm watching the Super Bowl. I'm like, all right, man, Dodger baseball is right around the corner. But I, it's pretty much since December. I mean, think about Dodger baseball every single day. One, because I do this as a job, but also just because of the anticipation of seeing this team compete for World Series with a renewed sense of focus, a re-energized group. I think that really was one of my biggest takeaways from being at Dodger Fest is Freddie's back, Mookie's back. There's a lot of guys that are back, right? But they all looked re-energized. They all look like they like the spotlight. It's already a big deal to put on that Dodgers uniform and play in a major market, but they know that there's just something different about this team, and it is 100% because of Shohei Otani. And that is what we're going to talk about next because we have a big update about Shohei Otani and where he's going to bat in the Dodgers lineup. That's coming up next here on Dodgers Dugout Live. What up, Dodgers Nation? D-Mag here. I'm here to remind you that if you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to the number one Dodgers YouTube channel for all latest Dodgers news, rumors, hype videos, interviews, breakdowns, live streams, and more all year long. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you really want to help the channel out, smash that like button. Also, you will not be eligible for any of our giveaways unless you are subscribed to the channel. So all you need to do to be eligible for all of our giveaways is just make sure that you are subscribed. We just gave away a brand new authentic Mookie Betts jersey valued at over $350. And we got tons of giveaways coming this offseason. So be sure to be subscribed so you are eligible to win. And as always, think blue, bleed blue, and please subscribe. And welcome back to Dodgers Dugout Live on a Wednesday afternoon edition. Thank you for rocking with us. We're actually on a little later because we did an interview with former Dodgers general manager, Fred Clare. We talked about Hideo Noma. We talked about this year's Dodgers team, the impact of Otani on and off the field. Look for that this weekend. So, yeah, it was really awesome having him on. But uh, we got some other comments down below. We got, uh, I like the six-man rotation piggyback system. I think the Dodgers... Going to start a new system. That's from Mike Saldana. Look, I think when you look at the Dodgers pitchers as it stands right now and the idea of a six-man rotation, it makes a ton of sense, right? You almost had to go to that by necessity with Shohei Otani next season. But you look at the depth, and the depth is what makes it possible and the flexibility that they do have. I mean, you got Yamamoto, Glasnow, Miller. Don't forget James Paxton, who when he was on the mound last season, he was putting up Garrett Cole numbers early on in the year. And for him, the key is just finding a way to stay healthy. We also have Emmett Sheehan, Walker Bueller, Gavin Stone, Kyle Hurt, Landon Knack, River Ryan. You got Yarbrough. You got Grove, who you can use. Gus, I mean, Varland. I mean, I think later in the year, kind of my theory, the way I see it is later in the year, if they have the division sewn up, you're going to see guys like Varland getting some opportunities and I think you're going to see a couple starts from Dustin May, hopefully in September. And the beauty of all of this is each of these younger guys that have the options, I mean, they can be optioned and brought back four times, right? So that's going to help this team be able to set up certain matchups and allow this entire rotation that, let's be honest, there's a lot of questions, mind you, okay? There's a lot that has to go right from a health standpoint. And look, Yoshinobu Yamamoto is the big unknown. Yoshinobu Yamamoto is the big unknown. He has not thrown a pitch. He has not thrown a pitch at the big league level. And I saw people out there yesterday saying they'd rather have Blake Snell than Yamamoto just because Blake Snell has history in this league. No way. Give me the upside play. Give me the unknown factor with Yoshinobu Yamamoto. It's like that episode of Family Guy where Peter and Lois, they go visit this salesman and the salesman has one of those boats and one of those mini boats. And he gives him the option. He says, okay, you can have the boat or you can have the mystery box. And Peter really loves the boat, but he ends up going with the mystery box and he opens up the mystery box and it's two tickets to a crappy comedy show. But still, 
give me the mystery box, but I don't want the two tickets of the crappy comedy show. I want a Cy Young player. I want a Cy Young candidate, a Cy Young winning potential pitcher. And that's what I think Yoshinobu Yamamoto is. I have all the belief in the world that he can transition to the show in year one and have a ton of success. Because all he knows is success. I mean, at the NPB, the command's going to translate, right? The stuff is going to translate. Then I have all the confidence in the world that not only is he going to be good, I've already said it. I've already planted my flag. I have Yoshinobu Yamamoto winning the Cy Young and winning the Rookie of the Year. He's going to do what Fernando Valenzuela did. He's going to win the Cy Young. He's going to win the Rookie of the Year. It's happening. You can write it down in Sharpie. But uh, very confident about Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I just, like a guy who doesn't work out, a guy who doesn't lift weights that's that good, I mean, he's special, right? Throws javelins. Come on now. We got, when is Tony the Catman coming back? I talked to Gonsolin at Dodgers Fest, asked him about where he's at, and he's feeling really good about the rehab process. But he, of course, is going to be transferred to that 60-day IL, and odds are you're not going to see him next season. So he's still working his way back. Yamamoto, triple crown winner in 2024. That's from L4E Capo. DMAC, are you headed to spring training Party in Havasu. Okay. Party in Lake Havasu. Like uh, Cedric Sabalos did when he disappeared from the Lakers in the mid-90s and they didn't know where he was and he was in Lake Havasu getting down. Uh, I've, I've had a couple of weekends in Havasu, okay? I spent, let's just put this. I spent a couple weekends there in one afternoon. Let's just put it that way. Uh, Jerome 18, bullpen second to none. Relievers look great as well with Trinan back. Outstanding all around. Love our team. That's from J-Rom 18. Yeah, I mean, it only got better this week too, right? You added Ryan Brazier. Ryan Brazier was the best pitcher for the Dodgers out of the bullpen. He was their best reliever last season and you brought him back. So yeah, could not agree with you more. And let's not forget this offense is going to score runs. They are going to light up the scoreboard. So it helps. I mean, last season, they scored 906 runs. 2022, 847 runs. 2021, 830 runs. 2020, 349 runs, which would have translated to 1,047 runs. So look, the most important thing is for all these pitchers that you have them primed and ready to go for the postseason, that some of these young guys are going to get opportunities to develop at the big league level. I can't stress how important that is. And I think you're going to see this team maintain a little bit of that flexibility as far as what they can do to their roster by having some spots open early on the year and give some of these younger guys opportunities to see if they can be contributors down the stretch in October when it matters most. And I would not rule out a trade. I just wouldn't. I mean, when you look at the surplus of pitchers they have, when you look at how all in this team is, I would not rule out a trade. I think that's going to be two things to look at early on the season is assessing the young starters, assessing guys that could be bullpen pieces, like Kyle Hertz, Sheehan's guys using swingman roles, right? And then how's Gavin Lux look, right? How's he look? So that's going to be a big thing as well. So let's continue to break this down because there was some more takeaways from Dodger Fest. And one of the big ones was one of the more obvious ones and that was regarding Shohei Otani. So we're going to talk some Otani. And Shohei said on Saturday, he told us that he's very confident that he's going to be the designated hitter for the Dodgers when they take the field against the Padres on opening day on March 20th in South Korea. Shohei said, we're not ahead. We're not behind. We are right on schedule. So as long as there's no setbacks going forward, I should be ready. So he also would say that he's been hitting soft toss off a tee at Dodger Stadium. He plans to start hitting in cages as he makes his way through Arizona, and he's already getting settled in. You're already seeing tons of video of him working out in Arizona, so I'm sure he's already hitting soft toss and getting ready. Now, of course, he's not going to pitch this season, but it's what can he do at the plate with the bat. And I'm going to throw out some projections for Shohei Otani for the 2024 seasons. Okay, so I'm going to give you a bold prediction. My bold prediction for Shohei Otani in 2024 is that in year one with the Los Angeles Dodgers, he's going to set a new franchise record for most home runs hit in a season. Shohei Otani is hitting 50 home runs for the Dodgers this season passing Sean Green, who currently holds the franchise record with the 49 that he hit in 2001. Shohei Otani 
50 home runs. Let me know down below how many home runs you got Shohei Otani hitting. Now, he hit 46 in 2021. He hit 44 last year. And one thing I was looking at yesterday was his power numbers coming off that Tommy John surgery where they thought, okay, he doesn't have to worry about pitching. How will he hit? When he can just focus on hitting, will his numbers improve? Well, in 2019, his numbers were down coming off his first Tommy John surgery. He hit just 18 home runs and 384 at-bats. But was it because of the recovery? No. It had more to do with the launch angle. Now, I kind of cringe when I hear that word. I think it's overused, but it's just a word that describes how hitters can approach hitting, right? Instead of just hitting the ball hard and going as a single or going as a ground ball, if you attempt to lift the ball you increase your chances of hitting a home run. You also avoid double plays, right? So there are a lot of benefits from it. Also, not only do chicks dig the long ball, but organizations dig the long ball, right? You get more money the more home runs you hit, right? It's a big value in today's version of Major League Baseball. Modern-day baseball loves home runs. And in 2018, Otani had an average launch angle of 12.3 degrees. In 2019, that number dipped to 6.8 degrees. And also, 49.6% of the balls that he hit in play were on the ground in 2019. That was up from 43.6% in 2018. Also, his fly ball rate went from 18% in 2018 to 24% in 2019. The average exit velocity, though, was the same. It was around 93 miles per hour, 92.9 miles per hour in 2018 and 92.8 miles per hour in 2019. So all this is, is to say that... Shohei already went down and he even said after that season that he was pathetic. He used the word pathetic to describe how he performed that season. And he said it was the first time in his career where he wasn't able to do something that he wanted to do on a baseball field. Now it's very frustrating for him. And they went and looked under the hood and they reworked things as far as his approach. And that's why I don't think you were going to see his numbers down. I've seen people out there saying that, oh, Shohei struggled in the year where he was a designated hitter coming off the Tommy John surgery, should we fear that again? I think the answer is no, because I just gave you the reasons why he struggled. The fly ball rate went down. Too many ground balls. You saw the launch angle was down. So I think for him, he's going to slug, and I think he's going to hit 50 home runs. I'm putting it on wax. I'm standing on business. Shohei Otani hitting 50 home runs. Now, Otani's spot in the lineup is one thing that we got on Saturday, and it's clear what it's going to be. Mookie Betts hitting leadoff, Freddie hitting in the two-hole, and Shohei Otani batting third. That was my original projection. Not the most, not something that's really tough to predict. I think the only, if you want to get really creative, you could possibly bat him second. You could have bat him first, right? I mean, he's someone who's very fast, but I think for him to drive in runs, that's what I want to see. So I love where he's at in the lineup. I mean, I've had people tell me, DMAC, I want to see him as leadoff and just kind of see how he looks like with Mookie behind him or Freddie behind him. But no, he was always going to bat either number two or number three. But the reason why I like him batting third is just look at Mookie and Freddie. You have two perennial MVP candidates, two of the best hitters on the planet batting in front of you. And what that's going to mean is they're going to be getting on base at a very high clip last season. Freddie Freeman had a 410 on base percentage. That was fifth. Who was behind him? Mookie Betts at 408. Okay, so you have a guy with a 410 on base percentage, a guy with a 408 on base percentage in front of you. League average last year was at 320. So those guys are elite at getting on base. And what that's going to mean is three run bombs for Shohei Otani. Lots of runs driven in. So that sounds good to me. Now, the other way to look at this is saying, well, you might lose some at-bats if you bat him third as opposed to second. But if you look at a course of, if you're losing 60 games next year, something around that, and you have him batting third, talking about a difference of 8 to 10 at-bats possibly for the course of the season. So on the flip side, you're going to hit like eight home runs. And in the first, uh, in the, with Mookie and Freeman on base. So that you're talking about, a lot of extra runs because Mookie and Freddie will be on base. There are going to be a lot of ducks on the pond next season for Shohei Otani to drive in. And 
You look at the lineup past Otani. I'm going to give you my lineup where I would have it today. Now, this is subject to change. You guys know I would give it 3.30 in the morning and just thinking of lineups. I'm in the shower. I'm just thinking of lineups. I'm in the car and traffic. I'm thinking of lineups. But today, the lineup that I like, Mookie batting leadoff, Freddie Freeman, the two-hole, the unicorn, Showtime at the Ravine, batting third, and then Teoscar Hernandez. How about Teoscar Hernandez batting cleanup? Yes, you might like to have Will Smith batting cleanup. Had a little bit of a down year by his standards last season. But Teoscar Hernandez with protection, look what he did in 2021 with Bichette and Vladdy in Toronto. He absolutely raked. I think if you had him at cleanup, he would be absolutely unstoppable. I think he's someone that I already have at 30 home runs this season, making the all-star team. So I got Teoscar batting cleanup, then Will Smith, Muncie, Hayward, or Margot based on the platoon that day, and then Outman and Luck. So Mookie, Freddie, Otani, Teoscar, Smitty, Muncie, Hayward slash Margot, and then Outman and then Lux in a position where he had a lot of success in 2000. 22. Now, another thing, if you want to go full-blown platoon, we know that Doc and the front office and the analytics department, they've shown a need to go with the full-blown platoon. You could do it. This is how you platoon like crazy. And like I said, I love Misa Mookie, still an MVP caliber player, but he is a below average runner. He's not going to be a menace on the base pass. And Shohei Otani is someone that you could potentially, in theory, bat as your leadoff man. Don't think it's going to happen, but just imagine. Otani, Betts, Freeman, Teoscar, Muncie, Smitty, Outman, Taylor, and Lux. So you could go full-blown platoon throughout the lineup. So that's another option as well. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think most likely, even though I would have Teoscar Hernandez batting cleanup, I think you're most likely going to see Will Smith batting cleanup but give me Teoscar. I mean, Otani with protection. Like I said, he was the Bugatti at the trailer park meme. But there was two Bugattis at that trailer park. It was him and Mike Trout, right? But just imagine with a complete lineup, we are going to get the best version of Shohei. He is hitting 50 home runs this season. Now, one of my other big takeaways from the Dodger Fest festivities was I thought it was great. $35,000, a head to get in. But they went above and beyond. You got to see your favorite Dodgers players up close and personal, wearing their uniforms. You had a bunch of stuff outside. You got to be in that stadium. I think if they would have charged 50 bucks, you could have probably sold that thing out. And it's because of Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani is not just athlete famous. He is superstar, movie star. Taylor Swift rolled into Bad Bunny, rolled into a movie star. I mean, he's like the Elvis of baseball these days. And I can tell you that it's just a different energy with him there. And I think that his teammates are feeding off it. I think that his fan base is feeding off of it. And I think that this is someone whose star power is going to get even bigger playing with the Dodgers. Because right now, I mean, you could probably say, okay, he is the most famous baseball player. But I watched a thing with with NFL players naming their favorite baseball players. And a lot of them said Barry Bonds. Some of them said that Asian guy who's on the angels, right? Yeah. Guys call him Otoni, right? Mispronouncing his name. You won't see that after this year. I guarantee it. Everyone in this country that's has any interest in sports whatsoever is going to be able to name Shohei Otani and just the star power that he has and that he brings to this franchise, it eclipses anything we've ever seen. And I've seen people compare him to LeBron. Oh, this is when the Lakers got LeBron. No, absolutely not. Okay. First of all, the whole LeBron era in LA, it never felt that big to me. I thought I was going to feel big, but the LeBron Lakers era, it just did not feel big. It felt like a singer doing their residency in Vegas, right? doesn't feel like that with Otani. Otani, it feels like peak Michael Jackson in Bucharest with a hundred thousand people, right? Dropping platinum albums, like at the peak of his powers, you're getting 29 year old Shohei Otani. So I think that we're in for a ride. I think that he did a really nice job embracing just the fans. I love when he was talking about Ipe and they're on stage and he was talking about their friendship and Otani was joking, saying that they're not friends. They're just business partners talking about his love for in and out. I thought he did a great job. And Here's something, too. We know at this point, and 
Stephen A. Smith said it last year that baseball needs the face of their sport to be able to communicate in English, right? I could not disagree more. He was saying, oh, they need Mike Trout or Bryce Harper. And he was saying that Shohei Otani can't be the face of this sport. I could not disagree more because one, you saw his MVP speech. He gave that English, did a really nice job. But two, just look at the reaction. Did anyone care that Otani was not responding in English? Did anyone care? I don't think one person did, right? His language is what he can do on the field. And you're going to see just an outpouring of support and it's going to be the place to be. And you look at the next couple of years, the Lakers training in the wrong direction. They're due for a little bit of a rebuild. The Dodgers are going to take center stage in this town, okay? When people are coming from out of town, they're not going to say, okay, I want to go to crypto.com to see LeBron play, right? The Clippers could win the championship this season, right? The Lakers might not even be the best team in their own city, right? Of course, ticket sales-wise, they will be, but... Everyone in town, if you're in L.A. for a night and the Dodgers are playing at home, you're going to want to see Shohei Otani so you can tell people that you saw Babe Ruth, the modern-day Babe Ruth. So it's going to be a fantastic season, and I just could not be more excited. You got Shohei Otani, you got the rest of the gang, and we're going to break down this lineup more tomorrow, talk about this bullpen, talk about this starting rotation. We're going to start looking at storylines and bold predictions and doing full-blown previews. We're going to have James Altman and Bob Miller on hopefully at some point later on this week. But that's going to do it for this episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. Do you want to hit some comments real quick before we head on out of here, guys? But yeah, thanks uh, on your lunch breaks, hopefully. Hopefully you guys are on your lunch breaks here. But let's uh, check it out. we got the Clippers. Uh, trade LeBron or he becomes Otani and walks for nothing. No, not winning with LeBron. Trade him the Knicks. Trade him to the New York Knickerbockers. I would like to see him on the, uh, the Sixers with Embiid and Maxi, But... We got to woke to what life in today's... Okay, what? Uh, fire Dave Roberts, as always. This is a fire take. I think Dave's going to be... Tough year for Dave. I will say, tough year for Dave. He'll get all of the blame if they lose, none of the credit if they win. We got Robert Prado. Hello, DMAC. Oh, Tawny Wood. I like that, JROM18. We got a World Series or Bust, BC. Why does LeBron always carry a book with him? Everyone knows he can't... Okay, this is turning to a bruh LeBron finish him session, but... Uh, that is going to do it for this episode. We're actually going to be doing a, a trade deadline special on our Lakers channel a little later. We got a super chat, though, I want to get into before we head out. This is from Grayson over there. It says, do you expect the Dodgers to use all of the prospects they've gotten via trade to make a final big splash before the season? They need lefty pitching. So I've broken this down a couple different times. If you look at the success against lefties, that this bullpen has. Ryan Brazier, since he added the cutter, he's been dominant against lefties. If they get Blake Trinan back, since he's been with the Dodgers, hitters have hit around 150 from that side of the plate. If you look at Bruce Dark Gratterall and Evan Phillips, you have guys that can have success, and it doesn't matter what hand they're throwing with. But you also have Alex Vesey, and I have a lot of hope in Alex Vesey and optimism because he's adjusted to the pitch clock, because his mechanics have been smoothed out and refined. That's what he told me. And I think, too, Tanner Scott of the Miami Marlins, I've been talking about him since last summer. I guarantee I was the first person in Dodgers land to try to push for a trade for Tanner Scott. And if he becomes available, he makes sense. I mean, this is one of the top high-leverage lefty relievers in the game. And then you got Jesus Luzardo. After bringing back Clayton Kershaw, will they go out there and try to ship off a lot of elite prospects for a elite left-handed pitcher that has three more years of team control. I highly doubt that. But what you need to know about your Dodgers is they're always going to look for ways to upgrade. They're always going to be a team that other teams are going to contact if they're seriously considering trading a player because they know they have elite prospects. Now, to answer your question, do I think that they're going to trade the prospects they got via trade to make a final big splash? I don't. I expect guys like Jackson Ferris right? Zaire Hope, guys like that. I think they're going to develop them and maybe trade down the line and see if they can be contributors one day. Let's not forget, how did you get Mookie Betts, right? How did you get Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, right? Josiah Gray was a guy you got in that Reds trade. Jeter Downs is a guy you got in a trade and you flip him for Mookie Betts. So that's what you have to do as an organization that wins consistently is you have to find other ways to get prospects, to develop them within your system. And that's why 
I think that you're going to see that. But I think that they also have a lot of pitchers they could trade as well. It just depends. It just depends on who's available. I think the shortstop position, that's the one concern. I wake up at 3.30 in the morning in a cold sweat, can't go back to sleep because I'm thinking of the left side of that infield with Max Muncy and Gavin Lux. Shortstop is not easy. Third base is not easy, especially with the restricted shift. You have Miguel Rojas, but still, he's someone who's been injury prone. He's not a guy who's going to be a plus bat. I'm looking at the shortstop position. I'm looking at a reliever. If I'm going to upgrade any position, it would be that. Not saying I do it at the beginning of the year, but those are the ones that I would still consider just because I think you have to factor everything in. But that's going to do it for this episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. Thanks for rocking with us. As always, could not appreciate you guys any more than we always do, making us the number one Dodgers YouTube channel. So definitely, if you have not yet, subscribe. You know you guys want giveaways. You want tickets to games and jerseys and autographs and all that cool stuff and a lot of big giveaways this year and all that content. We're going to be vlogging at the stadium, doing live shows at the stadium, tons of interviews. This is going to be the year for Dodger baseball, and you won't want to miss a thing. We got to Trey Sweeney, Mike Saldana, need to win the World Series. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the other guys tomorrow, Gage and Sweeney and that kind of stuff. I like this Yamamotani time. That's where to end it on this one. But remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. Peace out, Gary A. That's going to do it. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. In a roaring stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.